Well, hello, Zane. Thank you so much for coming to my agency. Now I understand you're looking to promote your podcast. That's that's right, Ben. Um, I I think it's something that you'll be very interested in. It's a please uh, call me Prince Ben. Prince Ben, as as you are. Um, so the idea here is just um, you and I do a podcast where we uh, talk about old cartoons to see what we think of them as adults. Wait, wait, I've got it. Here's how you market I yourself. I already got it. You're okay. going. It's going to be. It's going to be akin to a Twilight Zone. You're going to be the mysterious, the silent podcast. You're going to introduce everything with a veneer of mystique to it. This will drive the audience wild with mystery. You know, I do love uh, Mystique, and I do enjoy uh, the Twilight Zone, but I think at least to start off, we should really just have just a regular podcast, two guys talking, you know, the internet's full of them. Oh, I see you're going for that oh-so-2000s era. Uh, I'm, excuse me while I transform into Maximilian Pegasus a moment. <laughs> oh, I, uh, I understand. I understand your sickness. You're, you're going. You're going into a 2000s era of two just two guys podcasts. Really narrowing in on that. We just want a, a good, wholesome, uh, regular, no frills type of something. But inside you, 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 inside you harbor a deep anger that boils up through the surface. You you are you are half right. So the first It'll part will drive the audience wild. The first part where it's two guys talking about uh, cartoons in a podcast that's that's spot on. The weird like psychosexual dimension is is as of yet not a portion. Tell me what shampoo you like to use. Uh, you know I gotta be honest, it, it, that's a little invasive. I, I don't really. This use is going shampoo. to be very important for the type of the type of podcast that you want to brand yourself as. Kind of just conditioner. I, I I don't think I need to worry about branding. It's really just you know having fun. Oh, Some good playing hard fun. to get. I see. Yeah, it's not playing though. <laughs> Tell me, what do you wear during the podcast? Yeah, that it's it's an audio medium. It doesn't matter what I wear. I I don't like this question. <laughs> This line of questioning. <laughs> well, I think we're going to be very excited to promote your podcast with its new title, Thong Parade. <laughs> okay, well, that's it's been a lovely meeting with you. <laughs> Got a little away from me, Zane. <laughs> Did it? 
Yeah, I, I it got a little away from me, Pandora said, opening a box. I was trying to be, what is his name? The blonde one? Tamaki Senpai. Fine. I was trying to be that guy. Ben, and it just, senpai. It was, it was, Senpai noticed him. We, uh, we must show proper deference. <laughs> it's so funny how she has only disdain for the entirety of the cast, but because it's in Japan, you also have to say senpai for everything. <laughs> yeah. But, like, everybody knows the power dynamic in that place. <laughs> she is holding all the cards all the time. It's really good because of that. Like, like oh, okay, I agree. If it was, if just it was p- handled in any other way, it would be almost unwatchable. It's like, oh, a bunch of rich guys are fawning after this one girl with no power in this society. But she's kind of, she's, she's doing fine. She's fine Every- on her own. <laughs> Everything that this show accomplishes does so on the strength that its tone conveys that you don't, uh, it, it tells you how to feel about it, it's, and it, it's not a deep feeling, and you, that's necessary. You know, some shows, some wacky animes, it's like, uh, I need a suspension of disbelief. Here, I need a suspension of, like, tone. Like, I, I, I need just to be allowed to just sink into this. Well, we'll 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 discuss it at length because there's a lot to talk about here. I have a lot of length uh, during this uh, episode of the Carton Cast, which I'm going to go ahead and welcome you to the Carton Cast Club. My name is Ben, and my name is Prince Zane. Welcome to the Host Cast, <laughs> where we review old cartoons and see what we think of them as adults. For viewers who have t- way too much time on their hands. <laughs> Also known as the 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 stripper anime that isn't actually about stripping. It's emotional stripping. Yeah, that it's almost yeah. <laughs> we'll we'll get into it. I have a lot to say about the harem genre in general and it's this interesting twist on it. There but, there's uh, an, there's an episode where a little girl walks in and sees the host club and says, "This is a reverse harem." There's debauchery going on. I'm like, yeah, yeah." this is a harem. Who do you think you're fooling? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I am that little girl. Mm -hmm. Uh, Zane, tell us about this show. This is Oran High or Oran High School Host Club. The school is like in very tiny print. Um, But Oran High ran on Funimation in 2006. And uh, I remember, you know, some people in high school talking about it, but I totally slept on it until... uh, uh, my wife Chrissy, you know, mentioned it and said we're watching this, and then we watched it. <laughs> it was great, and we rewatch it pretty frequently. Um, it's based on the manga by Bisco Hattori, which ran in La La Magazine from 2002 to 2010, and the show itself was produced by Studio Bones, uh, and it got uh, a live action yep. film in 2011. <laughs> oh my God, I'm gonna have to check that out at something at some point to see how bad it is. But yeah, Studio Bones does an excellent job. Uh, this is the I mean, one of the best dubs I've ever seen. It's very good. And all harem anime are kind of inherently comedic, but few of them stick the landing this well. Mm. And it, like you, I was also not aware of this other than that it was an anime that people watched, which means that it was on the same echelon as Fruits Basket. Uh-huh. And we all know how that goes with me. You really like uh, it. You're looking forward to uh, the third season of the reboot. God damn. I... I <laughs> Because, like, Zen, you know, sometimes you come to me and with with an anime about some moe shit. Yeah. Uh, and you're like, yeah, you'll probably like this. And then I'll just end up hating it. And then you'll be like, well, based on that or based on my uh, intensive research, uh, you'll probably hate it. And then I'll end up liking it. You're, because... you're what we call the tsundere of the podcast. <laughs> I, I, I am the tsundere. I'm playing hard to get. 
Yeah. Um, but I, I also ended up liking this <laughs> oh, kind really? of a lot. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think it's, well, I mean, we're not going to have words. <laughs> Studio Bones, so you got great animation, really good comedic timing. The tone of it is darling, even though it's like, it kind of rubs up against that line of, this would be offensive if it treated itself with any kind of gravity. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and the voice and cast. And I'll talk more. I'll talk more about that later. But yeah, the voice cast, go the ahead. Vo- the voice cast, you know, it was like, oh, the, the original Full Metal Alchemist ended, and this was like a stepping stone for most of those actors on the way to My Hero Academia. Like, it's just like a one, two, yeah. three. Vic McNonia before he became a, a, a real creep at, uh, at, uh, at conventions. Oh, I haven't heard about that. Oh, yeah, show notes there. Uh, I, I don't know the specifics. That was just uh, definitely a story that was circulating around. But yeah, I, I noticed uh, Ida from... Uh, My hero. What's what's it called? Yep. Um, uh, honey, I I know that I've heard uh, that might be Ochaka Uraraka. Uh huh. Potentially <laughs> like a past version of her. I don't know if it's also the new like the the adult version of oh, adult. I don't want to. Let's not get into that wing of you. So the you internet. agree that she's an adult, right? She's Over an adult. She, she, yep. Yep. <laughs> anything goes. Yeah. Um. <laughs> that's not. I don't. <laughs> Hard reset. Um, who else is in this name? <laughs> uh, uh, so going down the list, Caitlin Glass, who voices Winry Rockbell in Full Metal Alchemist. Whom was she again? That's Haruhi. That is Haruhi. Okay, uh, that explains why I liked her so much. Tamaki is Vic Mignogna, El- uh, Edward Elric from FMA, and Crow from Ruby, your other favorite. <laughs> uh, Vic Mignogna does an absolutely stellar voice performance here. Yes. Like, it's... <laughs> It's all a good voice performance, but he shines above the rest. Oh, yeah. Using the idiom properly. Yeah, it's it's like, I'm going to talk a lot about Shakespeare today. Um, he's like the romantic fool, like the romantic hero and the fool combined into one. It's really good. We have... He's um, doing... He's doing his Isaac Dean uh, impression. Well, Kyoya uh, is J. Michael Tatum, who's Isaac Dean from Bacchano. Um, that's where i remember the 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 name and also from. Yeah. Ida and also craft from spice and wolf uh just a treasure yeah yeah and it's good voice um, um yeah so a lot of good a lot of good stuff going on here there is a lot of good stuff going on do you remember uh before we just kind of like actually get into the show and what it's about do you remember what kind of legacy this had and what like uh what tones you heard it talked about because from my memory uh, this was, you know, I was kind of a drama club adjacent. I know you were even more so. Yeah, I hung out with but, the anime girls. Right, but yeah, so the anime girls watched this and then told me that it was, uh, maybe mentioned it, but I was real kind of in my hyper-masculine misogyny phase in high school to offset the height difference. Sure. So, like, I wasn't hearing uh, a cartoon that, primarily i'm guessing primarily appealed to young women at the time that's how these shoujo romances tend to go i think so uh yeah yeah so so that's definitely you know it was when you don't give it time to watch an episode and drink in you know the parody appeal uh you look just on the surface and you're like oh this is you know i'm either older or too manly for this and uh you're wrong on both counts (laughs) yeah yeah no (laughs) one's too manly for this i want to see Vin Diesel and uh, The Rock wat- uh, doing like one of those YouTube reaction shots of them both watching this <laughs> while simultaneously creating D&D characters. Sure, yeah. They must. Yeah. 
They must increase their bust. But yeah, I mean, there uh, was that sort of high school divergence in anime tastes. I, I don't know. There was just divergence in all media for kids of any sort of uh, 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 social group, I guess. I suppose so. And, you know, this was in the infancy of anime markets in North America. You, so you got we what you were given, right? That's all that we you weren't. Got. We weren't even in the uh, heyday of beautiful boys with 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 skin tight outfits playing sports decade of anime yet. Yeah, the concept uh, of a nonviolent anime itself was was a little unusual for us. It was a hard sell to the Dragon Ball Z main kind of audience for anime. Like, it, yes, there were anime for women, but they weren't like even Sailor Moon mm-hmm. was uh, an action anime. Yeah, and I think that is directed toward. A female audience. Roroni Kenshin was a like slow, character-driven, like in, interrelational uh, uh, anime with a lot of you know violence and historical stuff. Case closed. Cute boy running mm-hmm. around solving things. A lot of murder. Like they, you yeah. just couldn't get away from it. <laughs> right. So so and like there were anime that didn't do that, but they were all very much. Uh, peddled to younger kids. Yeah. So I'm thinking particularly Hamtaro. Sure. Uh, but, but you know, th- there weren't really a lot of harem anime, and when there were, they were the Tenchi Muyos of the world, wherein it was an action anime so that you felt okay about watching a harem anime, <laughs> which is actually what it was. I, I think Hamtaro... And we talked a lot... Of, I think Hamtaro's kind of yeah. correct, because, you know, you, you take a look at this, and you're like, oh, it's Hamtaro, but they're they're young young men instead of hamsters. I got this. <laughs> it's almost ex- one-to-one, <laughs> but with weirdly better gen- gender politics than uh, than Hamtaro. Yeah. In that everyone is treated as a huge dipshit for holding these gendered ideals uh, so closely. <laughs> yeah, everyone's, everyone is idiot first, gender identity second. Well, they're idiotic about their gender identity. Yeah, they don't know any better. Which I, which is which is where the core of the comedy comes from. Which is why the main character is so important mm-hmm. because we're seeing this lavish nonsense club in Japanese. I don't know. I doubt host club is actually a thing. It must be. Where else like, would they get the idea? Think of it like finishing school. Yeah, yeah. They're all on their way to Cotillion. Yeah, it's exactly like Cotillion. I don't know what Cotillion um, is to you. <laughs> I, I do because of a King of the Hill episode, Ooh. my friend. Yeah, when when Bobby uh, convinced his mom to take him to Cotillion because it meant that uh, she could socialize with the uh, up and comers mm-hmm. of uh, of Arlen. Uh, but yeah, it's everybody in the host club is treated with this just overwhelming disdain, both by the animation itself. <laughs> they're they're just they're drawn like idiots. They're drawn like overdramatic idiots who care too much about nothing. Sure. And also by our point of reference character, the very grounded down-to-earth Haruhi who is just constantly being like what the what what is what is about you? Yeah. What are you doing? She she says good grief and you're like, "Yeah, that that you nailed it." Yeah, there, there's nothing else to say. Yare yare yase. Lero 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 lero. <laughs> so yeah so the, 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 yeah this is our anime episode so expect all their anime references <laughs> so, so the conceit the, this show the idea is um there is a uh young woman entering high school and uh this is haruhi and she is an honors student who got a scholarship to go to this prestigious private university and so it's like a class-based thing where where she's she doesn't know all these like high class conventions and such 
Um, mm-hmm. And she wanders into the host club, which is basically fancy boys learning how to be fancy lads uh, and eventually <laughs> fancy young young men and fancy adults. Fancy grandpas, yes. Fancy grandpa, the life cycle of the fancy caterpillar. <laughs> and uh, she, you know... She breaks a vase is the con- is, is what they say happens, but is really it's just like extremely contrived conceit to make her join this club. <laughs> yeah, like we, we got to get into the plot now, you see. And but but that's what makes this show so good <laughs> is that it, it it's a lot like Tenchi Muyo, a different harem anime we talked about mm-hmm. because it was so upfront with what it was presenting to you. It was like we're not telling you that this is a action show and then we're trying to get the sex in on the side we're telling you you should be thinking about tatas all the time while watching this emotional tatas and And in the in the first episode of this there is this extremely precariously placed vase that the like stage directions the omnipotent hand of god keeps pointing at you know, like it's heightening so the dramatic tension of this Chekhov's vase until it inevitably she breaks it. Because, like, it's just so self-aware with its formula and it knows that it, it doesn't need to hide any of it from you. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, and it's um, the other aspect of it, which is so now she's indentured to the host club. The other aspect is they don't realize immediately that she's a that she's a girl. Right. She's playing as a, a guy for uh mm-hmm. you know for the the school at large and only they know her secret and um what was the what was the reason for that again i can't remember so again it the the actual reason or the like come on come on we got to get into the show reason because like uh, uh both i'm interested in your take on both well but i actually don't remember the plot well you see the, ben, the, the given <clears throat> the stated narrative reason. The, the way that it works in the show is oh you broke a vase you have to come and work for us as a host Oh, you're a girl. We can't let anyone know. Well, I, I know the narrative reason. I, I, I understand the framework is that they know she's a girl, but no one else does. I just don't remember why she presented herself as a guy prior did, to meeting the host. She club. didn't. She was just, you know. Oh, yeah. Dressed, oh, she was she was a Velma. She was dressed in those frumpy clothes and, you know, it didn't come up. You know, it it does make sense within the narrative framework of this of this host club that they <laughs> they only see women as that thing what wears a dress. Yeah, th- so, there's an episode. So, so. There's an episode where you see, um, you know, Kyoya in his point of view, and he's very you know methodical and crafty, and you see him like talking to some young men, and it's like snapshots stops, and he's like, okay, this is this guy. He's heir to this family. This is how he's, he's connected. Yeah, and then he sees. Um, you know, he sees some girls and he's like, and those are some frivolous women. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they they offer me nothing to my com- to my family's empire. Yeah. <laughs> they, what, where, what is your utility? How, I'm not here to pay a dowry. I'm here to make a connection. And I'm a little bit surprised, honestly, that, um, you know, the, that it didn't start as the idea of like, oh, we need to get the girl as the guy, you know, and no one else is allowed to know. Because in the original manga... Um, it was not written as a as a girl. Haruhi was a guy, and the editor was oh. like, "This would work a lot better if if this was a woman." <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, and I agree that it it is far better because like the thing about the host club, the the core of the comedy comes through because every member of the host club is a different. What's what's a polite way to say this? Archetype. Yeah, yeah, archetype that fuckboy. 
Listen, they're <laughs> sex workers that aren't having sex. Is, <laughs> some, is there a term? A, uh, yeah, a like scrub. that's why I that's why I said that they money. were essentially strippers. Is because like what the host club does escort. is it, escort. You want escort? Escort, escort, or, or yeah, that's you know, term. host. Like that's what it's. It's clearly like, and you know, it, it avoids a lot of the problematic, problemat, problematic image imagery and like. It avoids some of the problematic gendered conversations that you would have if this was a host club of women because then the, you know, escort uh, through line would be impossible to ignore. Sure. Uh, But this is treated so silly that, like, they're all so flamboyant (laughs) in how gay they they front as and i have no idea if they're actually gay i feel as though the intent is to portray them as these are gay men who profit societally (laughs) from attracting women i I don't think that's the reading you're supposed to get from it that that's the only reason one can get from it okay and it (laughs) shocks and horrifies me that you'd have the temerity to argue otherwise yes this is a problem with me so (laughs) Well, it's it, it's some with time in like the first couple episode where like one of them turn turns to turns to Haruhi and when they still think she's a guy and is like, so what kind of gay guy are you? Because you're you're here at the host club, so you must be gay. Is, <laughs> is kind of the way that I interpreted that statement. Yeah, you know they're they're very old and fashioned. Every they can't bit understand. of dialogue bolsters that point of view. Zane. They can't understand you know uh, gender freedom and and divergence from the norm. Right? They're very set in their ways. Right. So. This this is the thing why it's kind of hard to talk about what actually happens in this show because there's these layers of class and um, and gender subtexts where and, and non subtext just text where they're just saying like so who is gay you know or like yeah. oh I am deeply in love with my brother but it's just a show but is it uh- <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah that's that's a that's a that's a conversation we can have it in a, in a moment once we've worked up to it because like. As you watch, and I've and I've watched through this show uh, several times, and you kind of you pick up on different things. Each it's time. very good background watch, I gotta say. So, like on first glance, Oran is like, okay, this is a classic reverse harem story for girls who aren't yet ready for trashy romance novels. <laughs> that's, that's a good way to frame it. Yes, and then you realize, no, wait, this is a parody of those stories. It cleaves to the standards of the genre. It subverts your expectations for the comedy. Um, it, it's got emotional payoffs. But actually, it's a modern Shakespearean comedy, right? It's got cross-dressing, twins, fools. You're using parody to comment on persistent human themes, class commentary. You, you know you know a bit more about Shakespeare than I do, so I'll defer to your expertise. But then you realize, like, oh, no, this is an analysis of gender as a social construct and how our expectations <laughs> can shape our self-perception during adolescence. And then you're like, no, wait, this is a class commentary about how, like, it's possible to detest what wealth does to people while still respecting the people that hold that wealth, and it's all perceptions. It's like, it, I, it just so keeps I going. Think, yeah, I think in my um, in my advanced, uh, in, in you know, I have a maybe associate's degree in dissecting trashy harem anime. Yeah, at you this went point. off to the anime monastery for five years to reflect on on Tenshi Muyo and his teachings. Yeah, I I did. I I beat myself with uh, phallically shaped uh, ornaments, table ornaments, centerpieces that were just conveniently uh, out in the open. It's called flagellation, uh, but it's spelled differently. (laughs) I I don't know where the innuendo in that is, but that's not important. I focused mainly on the latter two because I think that this is the 
surprisingly, it's, it's like a well-told kind of uh, introspection on these class commentary about, like, how you can still respect people who are, like, pretty shitty about being rich. Uh-huh. Um, and also the gender commentary. And, like, both of that, there's not nothing kind of hand-in-hand with those, which is that these are really wealthy people who are very stuck in the ways they view gender roles and sexuality Mm -hmm. to the point at which each of them has a type. They are typecast, and they're very happy to be typecast. And there's something to be said about you were raised in this way. This is what you were taught, and you were never shown something different. So it's only when Haruhi comes along and shows them something different that they actually begin to evolve. Yeah, the the wrench It's not about... The the show isn't about Haruhi learning anything. <laughs> actually, no, it's about surprisingly it's about the static character real, becoming real people because there's someone normal normal who is willing to have the length of one conversation with them. You you know that you also just described fruits basket, right? Uh, fruits fruits basket is boring as shit though. <laughs> is the is the thing. I don't care. I don't care how good of a, a commentary fruits basket is. This is fun, Zane. <laughs> yeah. This is a. The difference is that this is this is a fun show. It moves. Yeah. So there's a few different kinds of episodes here, and some of them are um, their interactions with Haruhi uh, allows the characters of the host club to grow and learn more about themselves, right? Yes. Um, there's also episodes where we meet other people from around the school, and the host club acts as this sort of like guardian angel to them like trying to influence events to make other people's lives better um, because Tamaki is a softie at heart and then there are a few episodes that are like oh we're actually developing like the plot there's some stuff with you know uh, co- their, their their family's companies or their family's dynamics and, and there's a couple of like status quo shakeups yeah that's something I kind of appreciate about this show is that um, it, it does kind of have different types of episodes none of them rock the boat so much that you're not still getting what you came there for but they're also not so vacuous as to be insubstantial like the episodes where it shows i don't know tamaki playing as a big brother to this person who uh is who wants a very prince-like older brother um you know that says something about tamaki but like i i didn't need to watch it for you know, they, it, these these are not changes that are important. I guess yeah, they're, they're just they 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 show us more facets to these extremely one dimensional looking characters at the outset. Yeah, yeah. It, it their interactions with new people shines a light on who they are, but it's not like like you understood fully who Tamaki was without needing yet another example of him. Like, oh well, this family is is a little distraught. We should you know make the brother and sister relationship more harmonious. <laughs> right. Um yeah, so there is a lot to this show. L- I think we I think we lest we get too down a rabbit hole, we should pull it back and start talking about the characters individually. Yeah. Which is kind of the strength of this show, despite the fact that a lot of them are just adjective characters. It's really only about Haruhi and Tamaki. And really it's only about Tamaki. <laughs> so if I'm being 100% <laughs> One hundred percent honest here. It, it's it's the interactions between them that that elevate it, right? Because Haruhi, you're like, okay, I have to interact with these people. He's kind of goofy and kind of funny, but like, okay, like 
this guy's an, an idiot. How do I like? How yes, do I manage him? Yes, yeah. yes, senpai. It's it, that that's good. You're doing good here. Play with this for a minute. Well, he's a very insecure man who needs to be who needs to have his ego bolstered. Is the thing an insecure um, man who is so uh, uh, unattached and unaware of his own inner emotional state, where he's just like, oh well, you know, Haruhi is my daughter. Oh, but I want to marry her. Wait, that's not right. <laughs> like, it doesn't... <laughs> yeah. As her father, I forbid you to see her. You have got to be kidding me. That's just not possible. Oh, no. He's painted the boss into a corner. If supposing I'm not my Haruhi's daddy after all... We don't have to suppose it, boss. Then how can it be that I find her so... Utterly adorable. So then, uh, tell me what exactly is with the whole making Haruhi your wife one day thing. I know. Daddies don't typically want to marry their little girls when they're all grown up, do they? He's an idiot! We see those emotions reconcile on screen, and we see him like, wait, he didn't realize His own this? emotions and happen like, to him. How is he not getting this yet? <laughs> God, he is like a character in a Shakespeare, isn't he? He's monologuing his own emotional catharsis. <laughs> the relationship that he has with Haruhi, like you could fill books here. Like there, there are essays to write. And he refers to Kyoya as mommy. And there's a lot to parse there too. <laughs> it's just, he's just charming. But uh, but we should, we should do Haruhi first. <laughs> All right, let's start with Haruhi. The- so Haruhi is just honestly, yeah, it's about as this is the normal one. And that, I mean, it's clear, it's the clearest straight man to the foil of the entire host club as you can get. And part of me was looking at kind of 30,000 feet at what, like, she represents. And I, I, I couldn't shake the feeling like she was, when you try to convince somebody who's not familiar with anime or manga to watch an anime or manga. <laughs> She's like, okay, fine. Like, we're friends. Like, I'll check it out, but I'm not going to humor you. Yeah, and then you're just like, whoa, okay, I wasn't expecting that much flexing <laughs> at the at the camera. So you say, so it's um, about a guy who writes manga, you say. Okay, all right, I'll, I'll watch an episode. <laughs> oi, 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 oi. <laughs> Why is he fighting a treadmill? Um, <laughs> Why wouldn't he? Because um, <laughs> it's Icarus. It's oh, a, of course. It's yeah, so... Uh, you know, Haruhi is kind of who we all, you know, like you said, she's the straight man character, but she's also aspirational, like, like holding her own and not being intimidated by uh, power and wealth and prestige and, and class. Like, she's just going about her life in the way that we wish we could. Like, you know, there's a, there's a difference in a character who acts like they don't care and one who actually doesn't care. Sure. And like, I never got the impression that she didn't care. It's just that. She doesn't care about stupid shit is the thing. <laughs> and you know In the way that we wouldn't if we interacted with a rich person. Well, rich person's like, "Oh, we got the wrong cheese. This is a this is a social disaster. Oh my goodness." Yeah, it's it's a very humanize the Karen kind of point of view <laughs> is what we get. Well, I really like that point of view because she offers us kind of this dual insight into these people who put on airs and think they're so much better and they're living in their own worlds. Like, mm-hmm. I can't, you know, we don't have to get all political, but, like, this is an era in which it is, everything is so polarized that it is very difficult to imagine talking to somebody from the other side as an actual person. And she 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 has kind of these dual roles of 
if you treat them like people, they actually are people. They become more people because of her. Well, that's the other thing is, yes, you are able to help them to grow and and be more multifaceted than they once were. She Mm -hmm. does not have the obligation to do any of this, though. It's out of the goodness of her heart. And we should never forget that, like, just because, you know, I I don't know. It's like because a lot of people are (laughs) homophobic or misogynistic or what have you, people of that community are kind of expected to operate at a more at like a, a more pristine tier but they yeah. don't actually have an obligation to do that, you know? Yeah, yeah, like, <laughs> um, you know, she, she's doing a lot of emotional labor for these people. Um, these people who should have therapists and, you know, but they're too rich. Should and have they, no oh, what a scandal it would be. anyone in the world. Right. Yeah, society at large. Um, I like her a lot. Yeah, I, I think, you know, there, there's both her personality and her position in the story, right? And they, they're both pretty compelling. What I what I really dig about her, at least at the at kind of the outside of the story, so she becomes a member of the host club and she pretends to be a guy because what they're trying to do is scam artist women out of, I don't, do they get paid? Like, I don't understand how this club works. This is, that's the other <laughs> thing about this, is you have to ignore the extremely weird sense of, you know, commerce that transpires in this, I guess, school. They have to, classes to, together to, at some, Zane, there's to just so much seeing... weirdness here. To insist on seeing the accounting sheet for this show would be to insist on knowing what goes on inside a Pokeball. Like, Kyoya's got that all figured out. You don't got to worry about it. Nurse Joy will take care of everything. Yeah, once you start to ask these questions, you're kind of not watching the show anymore. Yeah, you're not. You're never going to stop. So, like, she has this, uh, because the the host club members don't aren't able to operate in a way that doesn't give her an archetype, they give her an archetype as the, I guess, boring one or the bookish one is the bookworm, right? That's, um, that's the one what, that we get. You know, bookworm, she is an honor student, so she's clearly uh, very intelligent. They call her the mm-hmm. natural type. Like she, oh my goodness, somehow she just knows how to interact with women. It's it's wild. It's, <laughs> yeah, like uh, if you guys ever wanted to see a mirror, mirror, like a black mirror version of what women want with Mel Gibson. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, the, you're, here you go. Mm-hmm. Here you go, Holmes. Because they can't imagine, like, oh, women just want to be treated like they're people. <laughs> right. And, and all she does is talk to them like they're people. And everyone's like, how did she get so good? She's <laughs> never even, uh, she's never even, even eat, eaten fancy tuna. Yeah. Like, she. It's not just like being super smart or being super competent. It's like she's ignoring the drama, like you say, that the host club uh, tries to start, especially when they try to put her in that role as, you know, oh, the other. That's all they know. She she ignores it, and it makes her believable. It makes her relatable, sympathetic, and everybody around her is just bumbling around like an alien. (laughs) Well, they're not bumbling around. They're, they're... They're, they're, it's monkey see, monkey do they're, with they're the rest of the They're trying to understand. Club. Yeah, they're, they're, they're they doing an ethnography. They have seen archetypes that work. Mm-hmm. So they have a, a certain number of patterns that get the women to blush and open up their purses, essentially. <laughs> you make it sound so sinister, Ben. Uh, this it is, is just good, it's clean a cynical, fun for I, money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I don't, so 
I, I think that every member of the host club legitimately doesn't actually understand why Haruhi's methods are working. And I, that's what I like about this is that it's like, it's opening their minds. It's like, oh, I don't have to just do pattern recognition. I can think critically about, you know, why, you know. I, yeah, yeah, like when you program a Turing test and a parrot passes it and you're like, well, I got to adjust some things. Interacting with women is not like a multiple choice, like if then go to one kind of algorithm. It is a just like, well, how do you interact with normal people? The difference is <laughs> they're also really rich, so they don't do that either. Right. So they're getting hit with how do I interact with commoners and how do I interact with a woman as though she's a person at the same time? And we are to believe <laughs> that these are the most charming cross. boys. Yeah, they just they're not quite. Did you see the episode where they go to visit her at home? Yes, I just I just watched that one and it was like that's really funny because and this is the great thing about the show is that you have the commoner who is a girl as the straight man. So all of the power dynamics that would normally be problematic, the people who are in high society, they are rich and they're all like affluent well-to-do men. Mm-hmm. They're the ones who are treated with the no mercy stick. By the show. They're the ones who are like, who who are made a fun of. Yes. And that's we, the only we, we way this works. can dunk on this guy forever. There's no bottom. <laughs> there's no, there's no limits to and dunking like, on this guy. Like, oh, he, he trips and falls into a like compromising looking, uh, uh, you know, uh, pose with Haruhi like Tamaki does. And then uh, Haruhi's dad walks in. And her dad, who is a cross-dresser, and so that's, you know, confusing because we've never met him before. And Tamaki's like, oh, this this looks bad. <laughs> and he just, like, like he gets put into a room with mushrooms. Like, it's a stylistic thing, but you understand exactly, like, oh, yeah, he is with the mushrooms now. He's a mushroom guy. <laughs> that, that is a really hard... I wonder how many people in the audience will be able to uh, gauge that as as a just yeah he's with the mushrooms. <laughs> I, I do want to take a second because that that episode was really disarming <laughs> yes. in a way that I want to point out. There were so, there's a couple of episodes that are really disarming. <laughs> well, it's just it's dated, right? Yes, culture has moved, uh, so, social justice and culture has moved a lot in the past couple of decades. Mm-hmm. So this episode, which tends to treat this man what dresses up as a woman pretty kindly. The terminology they use, they use the T-slur. Mm-hmm. They're constantly saying the word transvestite when they that's not what they mean. Uh, and it's, it's you know, it doesn't age well. Sure. However, this show has given me goodwill that their heart's in the right place because they clearly have some compassion for, you know, f- flamboyant and or gay people in society and i have like the trust there and even you know we get to a point where um we see a flashback where somebody's talking to the dad being like oh your 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 daughter doesn't want you to come to school because she's ashamed of you being a crossdresser and like no she just wanted you to catch up on sleep on your day off rather than have to go to this dumb trip so like the the compassion yeah. for trans people is there the, the the language just lagged behind a couple of decades, and it's really. I just wanted to say that because it was so disarming that I I yeah, had to do like this tossing and turning in my head, it's like, eh, how transphobic is this show actually? And it, I don't it, think it is at all. It throws me. Yeah, it's it's innocent in the same way that the rich guys like they they go to her house and they're like, oh, we were expecting like a shanty. Oh, you're doing you know you're doing okay, and she's like. 
fine, good. You guys, are, <laughs> it's just normal. It's like it's yeah. like getting it's like getting be- mad at a child. Yeah, you just kind of be like, hey, you'll run out of energy. Look, you'll sleep well tonight. That's this is the price of doing business with mm-hmm. you. I understand. And her dad does look really good in a, in a dress and makeup. Yeah, of course. Yeah, and, and you know he owns it. Yeah. Uh, he working. Um, it, it is kind of an amusing kind of mirror mirror version because which they never draw attention to but the fact that you know how he is dressing up as a guy during the day well that's well, doing the exact opposite you know it, it informs why she doesn't really attach too much to like to the like gender stereotypes gender. yeah yeah that's awesome actually i didn't think of that yeah that first episode where she's like i don't really care what you guys think of me as like i am a person can we do that <laughs> And they're like, no, you're either moneyed or not a person. And she's like, okay, (laughs) this is going to take a while. (laughs) So talking about people who don't have a complex view of gender identities. Oh, boy. (laughs) Let's talk about the other main character. What was his name? The blonde one. Our senpai. Yeah, senpai blonde one. What was his name? Tamaki. Tamaki. Yeah. Yeah, Edward Elric. So, okay. Zane, I want to give you my hard stance here, and you can push back on it if you want. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, Tamaki, at the outset, they all have their archetypes. He is the prince. I don't know the what that means. Type. That He's means they're using their own in-universe gay lingo, and that's, <laughs> that's fine. No, because like in the episode where uh, where they go to visit her, and her landlord is like, "Are these guys causing you trouble? Do you want me to call the police?" And he just like sweeps the landlady off her feet and like. Oh, I'm sorry, madam. We we are young men of ill intention. She's like, oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, he's princely. He's, I buy it. He's princely. He's gentlemanly. He's exceedingly flamboyant, just like everyone in the <clears throat> R on High Coast Club is. When he meets Haruhi, he initially treats her because he thinks she's a guy. Treats her as an underclassman. Sure. Like this is a beneath me person whom I can look like the worldly older brother person to or whatever. Yes. When, <laughs> ah, yes. Another person to whom I have a high status. Got exactly, it. Exactly. Yeah. But then when he realizes not only that she's a girl, but also that he has some romantic and or sexual feelings toward her, things get really interesting with him. Things get a little dicey now. <laughs> Here's the thing, Zane. I approach this show... This might be the wrong interpretation. I don't think it is. I think you'd be insane to assume that this was not the right interpretation. <laughs> Everyone in the high school host club, they're all gay. Okay? Uh, okay. Uh, I'm listening. Okay. With that backdrop, Tamaki figuring out that he has feelings for a girl throws his entire brainscape <laughs> into disarray. He doesn't know how to deal with it. So every episode wherein he's having these problems, he's like, okay, I acknowledge that I like her, but I don't know how to actually court this person in reality. She's not (laughs) rising to the antics that my clientele tends to respond to. And also, I don't know what that means about me. I got a lot of feelings of like, you know, he doesn't know how to be bi. Like he only, well, he kind of only knows how to be gay. Well, you're you know, <laughs> and we, it doesn't really do anything. <laughs> if we put it in the language that you used before of like an if then statement, like he's a robot following code, he encounters someone who doesn't follow the if then, and so he's like, wait, am I just a robot? What's happening here? Yeah, exactly. He so he 
has to, he's making this up as he goes now. How do I deal with the fact that I have feelings for a girl? Mm-hmm. And, you know, bless his, bless his tender heart. He tries. And, you know, the, the show humanizes him and, like, makes him out to not be such a piece of shit, which <laughs> is kind of how he markets himself, because that's the prince archetype, I suppose. But, like, I couldn't help but see a gay person who is struggling with feelings of heterosexuality. Hmm. That that is and that's a cool underutilized kind of glimpse into this subculture because everyone's heard the straight person who has to who has to confront feelings of homosexuality. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we do it every day. This is really this is really fucking cool. This is a gay guy in a group of gay guys and that's all they know. And then he. (laughs) realizes that he's not that gay and he's like oh shit it's interesting i i I didn't read it that way um that does actually fit a couple other pieces of evidence but the point you know (laughs) um there you know you could take it that way there is another reading where um so there's one of the later episodes where we realize like oh he's a bastard right so his his dad who's the chairman of the high school doesn't Mm -hmm. come up nearly as much as you'd think it would um, <laughs> it's, it's it's it has nothing to say about how to be flamboyant to a uh, to to wealthy clientele. Zane, what would I care about it? Um, it, it? We find out that like his dad was forced into the family, uh, you know, family business. He was forced to marry someone he didn't love. He went off on a fling and had a you know and had Tamaki, um, and you know he Tamaki realizes that's going to happen to him too, right? You can read his like. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, flamboyantness of his youth is like I'm going to get all my fun now because I know I'm going to be put into an arranged marriage later and Mm -hmm. then he finds somebody who he actually has feelings for and he's like oh I understand what my father's going through but also I'm still not over hating him because now I can't see my mother that Um, works so well with the gay identity crisis that I was talking about too mm -hmm. because like it's it's the same thing I had my path laid out for me oh shit this is not something I anticipated now what? it's like he like he never had to worry about what the future looked like because it was all set up for him like a rich guy and now it's like a toddler having to learn how to manage his emotions for the first time <laughs> the only thing missing from it is this sense of like c- fear that the community won't accept me mm-hmm. which i really would have appreciated having some insight into him kind of trying to hide his attraction to haruhi which uh Poorly. like if <laughs> Well, if he, if he did try to hide, well, not from her. I mean, from the rest of the host club. Oh, sure. Because that would have been a really cool kind of. I don't know if they'll accept my new identity thing. I, um, I don't. You know, buy erasure is a thing. I don't so think he's I, capable of that kind of. Um, like, like he barely understands his own emotions. I can't imagine him trying to hide them from other people. Um, I just thought that that would have been a. It would have been an easy thing to remark. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, I, I don't know. I, I I think he's like that really nice combination of like stressful buffoon who would be difficult to deal with in real life uh, and like high energy, like source of things happening instigator. It's that he's part like of Golden home, Boy. It, he's kind of like Golden Boy. He I thought of him as like that part of Homer Simpson that he, he lost when he became like a dumb punchline. Yeah, like the yeah, early yeah, Homer he, where he's just before like. Before he became a zombie. Yeah, I'm just like following my heart. Yeah, yeah, that, that 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 is true. And there's something elementally fulfilling about having <laughs> that be one of your main leads. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody likes dopey, happy, fun guy. Like everyone likes Kronk. Sure. You know, um, 
so yeah, uh, a wonderful voice, wonderfully voiced uh, Vic McNonia kind of guy, way higher energy. We get to see him put on his drama chops, um, and I read way into the whole gay identity crisis angle, and that paid off kind of consistently throughout my entire watch of the show, which I didn't watch all of it, but I watched enough. Hey, you you know what? Friend. This is actually a good point to jump into the twins. Um, yeah, bring it. <laughs> so the, Crack uh, knuckles. So the person who recommended that we watch this, uh, Stevie, I think? Oh, yeah. Uh, so this was a recommended show. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, a contributor to the Watchtower. Thank you very much, Stevie, for writing in. Oh, no kidding. That's great. Yeah. Um, they, uh, they said that they... Uh, had heard a, another podcast called Eleven Again talk about the show, um, mm-hmm. and I listened to that episode. I'm like, man, what are we what are we going to say that they didn't already say? <laughs> um, but I think uh, it was the same Stevie who wrote into the Watchtower. If it's not, I apologize, but I think it is. Mm. But uh, but the the other podcast listened. You know, they watched the sub, which I I I tried watching the sub for the first episode, and I I kind of couldn't. Why, it just why it just would lost you? so much. Um, Why would you? But they they meant they made a mention about the twins, so I I kind of want us to look at the the twins, uh, the uh, Hatachin brothers, Hikaru and Kaoru. Don't care. They're set up as these uh, the mischievous type, uh, but they're twins, and so they do the whole like ooh sexy will they won't they twins thing that all the girls just fawn over. Uh, um, but they are doing it constantly. <laughs> and the the question that is. These are just a pair of incestuous twins. Like, uh, it's actually Chris, very not complicated. You, you got Chrissy yelling from the other room. <laughs> this is good. <laughs> listen, listen, debate me, nerd. <laughs> I, I I can substantiate my positions, oh, Chrissy. No, okay. I, get on mic. I can't mediate the both of you at the same time. <laughs> this is why I was worried. You'll get your rebuttal later. I I, I accept the notion. Anyway, Stevie. We uh, can have a tweet war <laughs> said, through the pop medium of podcasting. <laughs> can you imagine? That's like, we're like doing a diss track almost. I, I don't <laughs> like. like <laughs> I feel like Competing. I'm Harley in the middle of a lot of this. <laughs> um, so they say the relationship between the twins seems to make a lot of people uncomfortable, but I've always felt that the twincest twin stuff was an act they put on for the club and that they're very close, uh, but I don't think they be fucking for real. Um, and their backstory... Uh, did you see any of their backstory episodes? No. Or maybe. Zane, they're not real characters. No, then they are. Give a shit. And they're different from each other, too. No, they're really not. They're no, the same character, on, and on they're fucking all the time. On a first watch, they're, they're, okay, well, we're going to put that aside for the moment. I don't see what the problem, like, what's what's the issue here? <laughs> they're just, you, you know, know, like, I get I get that incest <laughs> is taboo, but, like, who cares? No, I, I just don't think that's the right read of it. Really? So I don't see any other read of it that could exist. <laughs> yeah, it's right there on the page. I've never heard a parody in my life. Zane, in, this, in the context of this show... Uh, Tamaki being attracted to women is more taboo for the host club <laughs> than straight up incest. <laughs> this is I'm not Game kidding. Of Thrones, I'm but... not kidding. So the um, they do. I you could read it that way. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> I'm reading Zane. Uh, we're only scratching the surface, Zane. Um, so on a first watch, the twins, you know, they seem identical. Um, later on, there are some plot changes that distinguish them, but. Uh, on a rewatch, this is really cool. You can actually see the differences early on. You can distinguish the voices. You can tell oh, the yeah. way in they act. It's uh, it's kind of neat. That's nice. Um, and if you're ever not sure, Hikaru uh, speaks first and is usually on the right. Oh, okay. Uh, what are the voice actors uh, for for this pairing? Uh, so Hikaru is Todd Habercorn, uh, who is Genthru from Hunter Hunter. Uh, oh, that's Natsu what that voice from Fairy was. Tale. 
Um, okay, yeah, I like that voice a lot. I don't like any, most of the characters that he voices, but I like the voice. Uh, Kaoru is Greg A. Ayers? Ayers? Ayers. Ayers. <laughs> Please don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 uh, I'm trying to get through so much stuff. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. Um, now, now I can only think of Ayer. <laughs> <laughs> hate you <laughs> i'm so proud of myself this so, might so, be my best uh my best performance yet zane this is a fine showing <laughs> yeah oh ben why do you always have to be so mean to me hush zane don't you so, know yeah. that i i only i only put this act up for you so they the way that they are portrayed hmm. um it's shown that, like, from an early age, no one could tell them apart. And so they, you know, kind of leaned into that. They're like, okay, um, you know, we don't need anybody else if they can't even tell us apart. And this is where, like, Haruhi comes in and she can tell them apart. She doesn't have a problem with it. And they, that's when they kind of start to diverge. Um, in the manga, actually, they both develop feelings for Haruhi. Here, only Hikaru does. And and I think it gives them more dynamicism in the second half of the anime. Very, I, I, I haven't watched the second half yet. I'm, I'm going to because I actually like the show a lot. I'm <laughs> should, not. Con- should, should we, should we pause for a continuation? <laughs> do, do you want to? Like, I no, mean, no, just like, uh, let me know if you have more things to say after you finish. We can do a redux later on, but yeah, I, I went forward on your recommendation to go watch episode twenty four because that does give that nice backstory. But uh, yeah, I have not watched one. the second half yet, and I'm, in, mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to it because everything so far has been. Hitting on all cylinders except for using the T-slur. Sure, yes. Um, uh, well, have you... There's the beach episode as well, which I feel like you have feelings about. Isn't the beach episode the one where Tamaki doesn't know how to deal with, like, the fact that he might get to see Haruhi in a in a swimsuit and everyone just kind of having to moderate that? Like, every episode is just... <laughs> Tamaki realizes something about Haruhi and everyone else has to moderate it. <laughs> And you have to see in his brain why he's so enthralled. Because <laughs> he's only got like five points of reference to go from. <laughs> no, but ben, ben, that was the water park episode. It immediately precedes the beach episode. Oh, I apologize. <laughs> I must have seen the beach episode then, but I didn't take particular note of it. Uh, I feel like you would have taken note of it. Um, uh, is that Wait, is that the one where Honey does taijutsu on some secret agents? No, that that's the water park one. I okay. It's I'm the just same keeping... episode. Can you believe that? <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, I feel like you might be lying to me, and I forgot. No, um, the beach episode is where they're trying to figure out what Haruhi's afraid of, and it leads oh. to Kyoya like faux assaulting her. Uh, I don't remember that actually. You would remember it. <laughs> I, 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 I'm sure I saw it, but I don't like assaulting assaulting her. How? Like uh, he's not wearing a shirt. She's she she's in a dress, and uh, he's like, "Listen, you know, you could pay your debt to us some other way." And then, like, uh, you know, it's on top of her in a bed. Oh, I see. Right, right, right. Yeah, but they're all gay. Is the thing they're so <laughs> toothless. Well, well, okay. So in the context, like, of none it, of them she's can like, do anything to her. It, it's it's a really jarring episode, and and people are like, "This this feels too far." Oh, Chrissy's coming in. <laughs> I'm trying to get back onto the twins. <laughs> I'm just trying to wrap up one thing and move to another. I'm sorry. You either talk about it or you don't talk about 
All right, we're talking about it. What are we talking about? We're talking about the beach episode. Okay. Okay, no, well, I've, then I I've guess you gotta go watch the beach. Isn't it the one where uh, she's afraid of lightning by the end and yeah, Tamaki a is, is a very, is gives her a very senpai-like hug that he doesn't know how to, you know, deal with emotionally? Mm-hmm. Something to that Yeah, effect. and in the context, you know, she's like, oh, Kyoya, I get what oh, you're doing. Like, that's you're right. I did to... block this out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kyoya was the, uh, he's Ida, right? The one with the glasses, muscles uh-huh. glasses. The cool type. Yeah, the cool type that sexually assaults her. Yeah, I remember that now. <laughs> I'm I'm kind of amazed you didn't lead with this. I, um, I just like you know it. It's really shows the strength of these characters that even before she said it, I already knew it. Like you're not gonna like this isn't a thing that you as a person could do. Yeah, she's Holmes. just like, oh, this is your really weird way of trying to like show me that I can't like take on three guys at once in a yeah. fighting way, not in another way. That's right. That's right. That was a good episode. Right? Yeah. Um, but it's like that part's really jarring if you're not willing to approach it in the context. I I agree in the in the abstract. I think it just didn't really hit me that way for whatever reason. Yeah, it didn't it didn't put its best foot forward, but you know, without it it would have been kind of a forgettable episode. No, I Anyway, I mean, yeah, it's, we're talking about the twins. <laughs> what about the twins? They fuck and they like it. I, I, I don't know what you want from uh, me. I guess that's fine. Let's move on. No, no, no. Actually, I, I want to point out something um, because it, we, we touched on it a little while ago, but I really like the conception that this club is a way for all of these gay guys to pass in society. Like mm-hmm. this, this is the way that they can... They can filter their urges through the prism that is acceptable to every, mm-hmm. through, to, to, you know, to uh, a homophobic society as a whole. And this is the way they do it is like they get like whatever, whatever subdom thing Honey and Big Man have going on, <laughs> this, this whole uh, incest thing through the prism of Host Club where these are all kinks for women, it's fine. Yeah, yeah, it's the cover of the romance novel. That's kind of, I don't Tingle's know. having a field day. I mean, like, I don't think that it's substantively, like, far be it from me. I, I kind of, your, your theory's kind of growing on me, but I can't cop to that. Like, that's, I, I'll that's never live it down if I, if I agree with you. I do want to point something out, though, which is that, like, this is no worse than a harem anime that peddles sex. But mm-hmm. on the, on the, on the... On the spectrum of like, it's perverted or whatever. It's also no better. Like there is no, I mean, except for the misogyny that's in so much harem anime. Sure. Um, you know, things like taboo sex things, like you know, homosexuality, incest, sex work. That probably should be all demystified. It's it's fine. Like I don't know. I I just don't see the need for them not to be just incestuous. I, like, I don't have a particular incestuality kink or anything like that. These guys <laughs> didn't particularly do it for me, mostly because I just didn't believe their chemistry. But, mm-hmm. like, like, what's the difference? For, it, it, like, for the audience? There, I guess there's not really a big one. I, there is, like, this weird sign curve of how much you read into the show where, oh, they're incestuous. <laughs> oh, it's an act. Oh, they're incestuous. <laughs> oh, it's an act. Um, I, I, yeah, but I don't to know. that degree, maybe yeah, I guess it doesn't matter a lot. <laughs> it's possible that you have to cut the last five minutes. I don't know how. Uh, 
who knows? I, I, yeah, I don't know how um, in favor of incest my uh, my takes have been as of the past 10 minutes. It just, I don't know. I read them that way and it didn't, it doesn't change anything about either their characters or the show, huh. whether they fuck or not. It doesn't I, actually, it's substantively identical within the terms of the show. I never considered that it, was an, that it could be an actual thing, but like, you know, I, I I guess I hate to agree with you on anything, <laughs> really. Is this what it's like to be you? <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, it doesn't add or subtract. I, I think the reason that I'm able to be so blasé about their relationship such as it is is because they're just very insubstantial characters in the anime. Maybe it's different in the manga. I didn't think that they were very well fleshed out. I think that everyone who isn't Tamaki is is pretty one dimensional. Um, I I usually I I'd like to give most of them more credit than that, simply because Mori Senpai is one dimensional. Oh, like like Honey. Uh, well, Ben, they are our elders. We should refer to them with the deferential <laughs> Senpai, Honey, Honey Boy. Uh, <laughs> Please don't call him a Honey Boy. <laughs> every time I saw him, I thought Honey Boy, which made me think of uh, Cromarty High School. Uh huh. <laughs> Because uh, that's like the main character's secret, like uh, comedy show host nickname <laughs> that he calls himself Honey Boy. So that that's what I kept on referring to him as in my head. Yeah, uh, you know, which just made me think about Pony Boy, and then we got back into that whole class commentary thing. <laughs> Um, yeah, Honey Senpai and Mori Senpai are, are not really very well fleshed out. I like Honey. I think he's cute. I don't like him. I think he's cute. <laughs> As long as we agree that he's cute. It it's so the Lolita thing, yeah, that was my first kind of The boy Lolita, uh, Ben. The 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 slap in the face <laughs> of this show that for the, the first hit that it gave me was we're treating the term Lolita as a joke, even though objectively it is just like reminiscent of really heinous shit oh ben and i just had to i just had to get used to that and then they keep because they keep saying boy lolita <laughs> over and over again to the point at which it loses all meaning it's okay because he's older he's actually very old you see because senpai yeah it's, it's <laughs> so fucking weird then you're acting like there isn't a show on netflix called like loli squad no no well that's part of the reason that i like this show so much is that the tone of it lets things that normally would be like, okay, this is some noxious, uh, you know, <laughs> this is some noxious culture shit. And it just passes by the wayside because it, it's treated all so tenderly and fondly. Mm -hmm. But yeah, the term Boy Lolita was very hard for me to get past <laughs> at the first eight or nine times that they said it. <laughs> they really leaned into it. Yeah, that first they episode really must have been a real trip for you. <laughs> did I, I, wasn't, I wasn't quite sure what to make of did it. Did you know going in that Haruhi was a girl? Uh, I, I figured it out fairly quickly. I like that they have, uh, like, light bulbs. Like, there's six light bulbs yeah. that they cut <laughs> the to, and visual they and one of them comes on. And you don't realize until toward the end, they're like, oh, they're figuring it out in this order mm -hmm. at this time. Uh, it comes back I in a really the, nice way in the uh, in the final episodes. Yeah, the visualizing, like, the little anime shorthands that they, that they do. Yeah, like those arrows pointing animation, to the vase. The arrows pointing to the vase. They do this really nice thing of, like... What would normally be like an author's note of yeah. this is what this thing means in the shot like comes into play. And it's always usually for comedic effect like um, Tamaki will be dramatically leaning against a wall uh, for some reason. And then like the author's note will be like 
note, this is just an air wall. There's no actual wall there. He's just like doing a mime performance. Yeah, it's clearly And that's very based. funny. There, that's very funny. There's a really good, um, there's a Halloween episode where they uh, do a haunted house thing. And Honey Senpai jumps out at some of the characters and he's wearing a huge pumpkin on his head. And he says, I'm a wolf man. And the screen just says, wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they do that with the one girl who... Oh, no, no, never mind. That's a different show. Ooh, are we going to talk about Renge? No, 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 I don't really want to talk about Renge. I like I don't... Renge. <laughs> wait, wait, is she the, she's, um... She's the one who arrives with the howling laugh and the grinding of a she's powerful motor. She's the Hatsume. Motor. She's Hatsume from My Hero, right? Um, Suyu. Mei Hatsume? She's Suyu. Oh, she's, um, uh, the, 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 the spice girl, the one that falls asleep a lot. Uh, in uh, in 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 food in food no sex mo whatever that show is, <laughs> the one that falls asleep a lot. Yeah, yeah. She, Which she, one? She, she she's the she that 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 sex food show. <laughs> I know what show you're talking about. I don't know. She's which the character. spice one. Oh, she's the spice one, right? Uh, meat meat. No, the Spice Girl. She's one of the Spice Girls. <laughs> she's Baby Spice. No, she's, you know, um, fuck. I can't remember anyone's the, names in that the, show. I know who you're talking about. No, Honey Senpai is the voice for that girl. Are you sure? Because, like, I don't think you do. I gotta look it up now. Spice By the way, girl, one of my favorite. Spice Girl Food Mo Sex Mo. Google, what do I got? <laughs> Hold on, I'm just a second. Oh, um. <clears throat> Yes, uh, Yuki Yoshino. Um, this is the one who specializes. I'm almost certain that she's the one who is the spice lady. Then they're all spice ladies. No, they're not. There's the one guy who's real into spice, and he wins the big f- food. Yeah, off. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> the all the all the all valley food off the chili cook off uh, for. For food sex school. How can they have so much information about this girl and not tell me what her specialty is? I told you, it's spices. Is it just spices? Yeah. Oh, wild game meats. No, that's the diff. That's, that's the, that's honey. Yeah. I'm talking about a much more central character than what's her face. I'm talking about the, uh, the, she's like a teacher. She's an alumni. Oh, um, the older spice lady. Yeah, yeah, that that more other Spice Girl, <laughs> the, yeah. The mentor to Spice Boy. <laughs> the mentor to Spice Boy, that's... God, why didn't exactly. you just say that? <laughs> Spice Girl sleeps a lot. She's an older lady. <laughs> I don't know. I, I thought you, you would have gotten it. <laughs> Sorry. We've spent too long on this already. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it would have been fairly straightforward. I don't know why you don't already live in my brain, Zane. <laughs> Uh, Renge is Monica Rial. She's Suyu from My Hero Academia. She is the otaku. Uh, she's like the manager. And uh, basically, she just like, like, if we didn't get the parody enough, she says like, okay, everyone, here's the tropes we're dealing with today. Yep. <laughs> I, I like her. I like her her uh, her vocal performance. I like the way that she just like appears. She She's fine. They constantly do like the thing where she like is like rising on like this cylindrical spiral pillar from the floor in like a big flourish Very kind theatrical. of theatrical. I think that she was just kind of like unnecessary. Like we already have everything in the show. All the tropes are already there on center stage. We already have all the theater we need from Takak to Tim Tam, Tam uh, the blonde one. <laughs> the princely. We type. already have all we need from from that. So like I I just felt like she was extraneous. I bet a lot of the show is extraneous, but it's still good. 
Um, she was fine. She didn't take away from anything. <laughs> I just didn't have much to say about her. Yeah, well, she grew on me over time. But um, yeah. the last major character I think worth talking about is Kyoya. Oh, muscles glasses. Yeah, he's not muscles. <laughs> oh, well, I, I I know. I'm just. Um, so I think. Um, but he he's is, Ida, right? Yeah, this is Ida. Mm-hmm. And I think this is the best portrayal of a cutthroat, rich type uh, person. Yeah, this is good. Like, he's more believable than a lot of media versions of this character. Like, he's ruthlessly capitalistic, but we also see a softer side peek through. Like, you think you can change him, you know? It's a real nurture-nature thing, right? Because, like, his... He's nurtured by his, by dint of being the third son in a in a pivotal family. Like That's nature. Really, what? That's nature, I think. That's nurture because he's he's taught to kind of be ambitious but also that he will never measure up to his first or second sons. Yeah, yeah. Like that's all taught. Uh but maybe it's nurture versus nurture really cuz like <laughs> okay, then he so... <laughs> also has to play at you know at being attracted to women, which he doesn't, because that's not again, really what's happening. Again, here. they're all gay. <laughs> yeah, fine. Um, so <laughs> no, so he he kind of handles all of the actual serious side of um of the host club, where he's doing the finances, he's ordering things, and Tamaki's more of like the heart. Um, sure. Yeah, I I kind of like their um. You know what it reminded me of was uh the uh, season three of Castlevania. Um, spoilers if you guys haven't seen that yet. It's I haven't even seen that yet. Oh, well, it's... I don't it, intend to. It's fine. In se- instead of Dracula, the third season kind of focuses around this quartet of vampiruses. Um, sure. Kind of in charge of their own uh, their own hold or crypt. Uh, mm-hmm. And the, the main one that we're introduced to first is kind of like the dreamer. She comes up with all the crazy plans and the other three figure out how to make it happen. So like the that uh that division oh, of nice. labor is is kind of what I get here. Is Tamaki, he's the one who has all the crazy plans and this guy Muscles Glasses, he's the one who uh who who actually makes it real. Mhm. Which is, we, I think is a cool pairing. Yeah, yeah. And like you know, he's useful in terms of like, okay, he's going to explain who people are, why things are important, why we're doing this and that. Um, but the like the the reason why we like him is this uh, interaction that he has where, you know, Haruhi is seeing these people who she's like, oh, rich people. I hate rich people. And then she's like, oh, I kind of like these guys. And then she looks at Kyrie and like, that's a rich person. That is a, per- <laughs> that is a person who is one character trait. Um but I, like, I didn't find that to be true. No, no, no. That's how she would see him as like, this is this guy is rich. He's rough. They do have uh, episodes where like she starts to see like, oh, you know, they're, they're, this is kind of a facade. Like you're trying to act like you only care about things that get you an advantage. But you you actually are um, like you, you are sentimental in your own way. Yeah, he's kind of um, he's. He he's definitely distinguishes himself from the rest of the host club in that he isn't loud but has a personality. Mm-hmm. So like he's kind of the only one who does that. <laughs> and um, you know, in that episode, episode twenty four, which is really good and goes into the backstory of him and Tamaki. Uh, <laughs> yeah, a whole episode of him just getting constantly frustrated <laughs> by this buffoon. <laughs> well, I mean, like it's a really good coming out kind of story because it's like. I, you know, I was taught to be this perfect little whatever the hell, 
And then this guy comes along and all of a sudden my emotions come pouring out. Like if you if you ignore the actual plot of it, it's all a coming out story. Zane, mm-hmm. I'm sorry that I'm talking so much about all these characters being gay, but like that's what is marketed to like that's what is being presented. And also, like, I'll admit that I might just have a bias towards seeing gay where normally there isn't any. Mm-hmm. Um, so if if I'm off base, I'll I'll take the L. I just. <laughs> oh, you'll think, take the L. <laughs> boy will I downtown I, I just couldn't help but see his story as kind of an allegory of that I also really just like to, to talk a little bit about animation which I don't often do uh, or I haven't done too too much in this episode I really love the visual metaphor of that mm-hmm. whole episode of like there is a painting in a Louvre of some sort uh, you know your unit metric Louvre and it's got like <laughs> There's this gilded frame, and it's very nice and and put together. And there's this painting that he's trying to paint uh, with this blossoming flower. Mm-hmm. And it isn't until he meets Tamaki that he starts painting outside the frame. And then yeah. we see we, we see it emerge into a much bigger painting of a more beautiful flower, which is just such a good visual metaphor. And I love that they don't feel the need to make that subtle at all all it is so on the page and it's they really underline it so hard um but but yeah i i ended up liking his arc overall because it is the one that isn't being shouted at you the whole time but it's still sure. pretty strong yeah there's another good episode where like he's he's like sleeping in and uh they abduct him to go to the mall and then they forget about him and just leave him there and uh haru he has to like kind of uh, shepherd him around because like he doesn't have his wallet he doesn't have his phone and so she sees him like in the wild like you know hair down like he's not trying to impress anyone and she's uh you, you know he, you, you kind of see a bunch of different sides of him um behind this normally very composed uh demeanor so yeah. I, I i like that i like that he has that depth even if it's not always shown like he's not often the focus of the episode I mean, call me a customer of the host club, but I am a sucker for a super composed, uh, you know, uptight guy who has a wild side that he's just barely keeping in. Mm-hmm. That that does work on me. I mm-hmm. have a type. <laughs> this is my type. <laughs> I also thought it would have might would have been some really like if we wanted this to be a more serious relationship driven show, which I don't think I do, but we could get that with the love triangle between him, Tamaki, and Haruhi. Because I'm 98% convinced that he's into Tamaki that way. Uh, And I thought that Tamaki's burgeoning romance with Haruhi or feelings toward Haruhi might kind of, you know, might, might... might throw that into chaos a little bit. And, you know, you could filter that through. You're losing focus in the club because you're too focused on her, and that can be the extended <laughs> metaphor. But I, I thought that could be really cool mm-hmm. um, as a way for their relationship to develop a little bit and get some jealousy in there. I mean, there's so many things you can do with the uh, relationships in this show because, again, even yeah, the this, characters this are very so confused. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, they're wild with their emotions, so the drama is easy to come by. But they're rich, so the stakes are low. The stakes are so damn low. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, you they're know, like, th- there's also a little bit of this show that is kind of empowerment fantasy, almost, because mm-hmm. I, I, I'm a guy who was 
you know, ignored by women enough at an early age that I was kind of, you know, really into the idea of having a harem where like mm-hmm. a lot of women would dote on me and pay attention to me. Sure. I, I felt that part of my brain getting tickled by, you know, Haruhi's experience of like being <laughs> surrounded by a bunch of guys doting on her. Like it's the same part of my brain. Like it just, <laughs> you do kind of get that empowerment fantasy through Haruhi in the same way that you would get it with Kenji. Like, and it's, it's at least for me, I'm able to divorce the part of my brain that like is attracted to one body type over another and just be like, I, I'm getting a lot of attention from the opposite opposite <laughs> sex and that feels good. Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah, know. You're, you're able to do the manual override. I am. And it's the, the show just does a very good job of having you inhabit that character. Because yeah, she's they, the normal one, the the only normal one, the only take... person you could possibly <laughs> cast exist. yourself as when watching this show. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, like you you relate to her and you love to watch her like be in this weird position of power where there are all these all these rich guys fawning over her, or at least like really you know giving her that kind of attention. Because she's clearly capable of taking care of herself. She's mm-hmm. independent. She can turn them down without any trouble. And it's like, it, it makes us want, it, it's aspirational for us and it's um, gratuitous for us as well. Yeah, it's both halves <laughs> of that. And it's really kind of a, it gets better message too. As you know, as much as mm-hmm. I, d- I don't particularly like that slogan because of the apathy that it causes. In, yeah, you, you just know, have to wait. Advancing those causes. But um, it's... It's a really good it gets better message because it does have that what women want vibe of, hey, they're just people. Mm-hmm. You can chill out. <laughs> and also the fact that she just is a normal person that can talk to others and like is well adjusted. And that's good enough for everybody to fall in love with her, which I, is uh, strip away all the gender like and 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 uh, flamboyancy about this whole show and all the class commentary. It's it's a very straight harem anime right like it is and this is a harem anime it a long time ago we talked about the nature of parody and how if it's a really good parody it's also just the a good example yes. of the thing and yes. we, we came up with the example of weird al and we couldn't find any more examples then we have found a second example this is it here's the second example well i mean i think that uh fighting foodons also kind right. of inhabits that space well once we let fighting foodons and we're gonna have to be here a while because yeah then that, yeah that's um that's uh that's letting was, the doors open i was curious because i agree this is both a regular reverse harem as well as a parody of it mm-hmm um, but I, I am curious. And both in that halves are good. Yeah, and you know the 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 like reading it as it is as a like Shakespearean love story, uh, or reading it with the uh, you know more queer themes, or reading it as power struggles. Like they all fit. Like it's fluid mm-hmm. enough to to work. Yeah, uh, I'm curious what you think about uh, Tamaki's interest in Haruhi. Like, <clears throat> do you think he's interested in her because she's so different from the other girls he's known, or is it because she's the one thing he can't have? Um, I, I kind of saw him, I, I think it's just, you know, he has a bisexual, you know, attraction to others mm-hmm. that he hasn't really embraced because, uh, the whole host club thing isn't about sexual attraction to women for him. It's all about playing a part. Like, I think that yeah. 
the part of his brain that gets activated as a host. This is, I mean, like, this makes perfect sense to me. Yeah, the, the host I, gland activates. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm I grant familiar you with that biology. this is kind of a wild thing to say. I think that when he is flirting with women as part of the host club, that's actually him kind of embracing his gay identity. Mm-hmm. So I don't think that he has really met an example of a woman that he could be attracted to simply because that, you know, yeah, there weren't any targets for it. Like, they all fell into the schema that he was already existing in. Exactly. So I'll, I think this, I'll buy that interpretation. Yeah, I think this just um, it's the same thing as um, uh, muscles glasses uh, with the with the flower metaphor. Like he meets a person who knocks him out of his reference frame, and now he can grow. Yeah, yeah. And the person that he can grow into is is more beautiful than what he had before, even though what he had before was, objectively speaking, a prim and proper prince of a person like he's following all the rules yeah it's what they were told they would want yes god Uh, and and the twins are knocked out of their frame as well by somebody who can like treat them as individuals that's true that's true yeah Um, this is like the first thing i said this isn't about harhi it's about all the host club getting thrown into turmoil by this person (laughs) who treats them as people like yeah in, in just all these different ways yeah absolutely it uh, it's Shakespearean. I haven't said it enough. <laughs> yeah, and and I, uh, you know, I resent the implication that it's not all about gay identity. But I'll, I'll <laughs> no, in, in actuality, I understand the idea. Like, I think that um, that's certainly Tomaki's story. But I, I, with the twins and with Muscles Glasses, I, I recognize. Th- there is a reason that this show is, um, you know, much beloved by the queer community. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, is there now? <laughs> Go on. That's my understanding. <laughs> a, brief, a cursory, you know, trawling of the internet. <laughs> yeah, and, and listen, I don't claim to have any kind of uh, in in. I, I don't. I don't claim to have. I can't be a spokesperson, right? Like in the same way that no one can be, but like also like I'm not in the in group there. Yeah, uh, you're two precisely. steps removed at least. I'm. I'm. A, I'm not precisely in the in group there. Um, but I. I have been queer adjacent for enough years of my life that i i know what it looks like when i see it like i know uh i i know what gay candy looks like and this is some gay candy mm-hmm. like those bacon yeah. strips with the rainbows but it's gay candy in a way that doesn't appeal to like a gay sexuality like gay people watching it i mean i i don't want to speak for gay people but like i would i think it's more it connects to a gay community kind of in an identity way and not as like a pandering to them way. Does that make sense? Like it's not pandering to the gay community in the way that Tenshi Muyo panders to straight lonely men. It's dealing with the themes of, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, gay media in a completely new structure. Yeah. Right. Like that, that self-awakening that grappling with your own emotions that you know stranger in a new world kind of thing all um, that stuff works so good the if you tumult of adolescence lens. yeah it, it it works pretty well yeah i'm i'm actually extremely interested to hear from a person who does not see this as like an example of gay media like who, who sees something else in this show or like who sees it from a perspective that doesn't involve that as at least like a strong component. I, I think it's possible to read it as like such a strong veneer that there must be something behind it. Like you I think can, you can read this bias. as you can read this as written, but the gay angle is certainly there. I'm I'm so used to having to 
like look at stuff and read you know like for a long time uh it was not as accepted in media to like make things outwardly gay so like part of my brain looks for it because mm-hmm. it, it's not gonna tell me uh this does tell me very strongly so um <laughs> i i have a very hard time seeing it as anything but that but mm-hmm. like i recognize my first perception is not the only one no it's it's, it's a it's a valid read um, I want to talk about how this show handles um, propriety yes. um, in in terms of its uh, comedic and parodying nature. Sure. So like, like you said, like they're all very caught up on this, you know, rich person's idea of appearances and, you know, romance and keeping things. And oh, the, you know, the, the way the, the way they romanticize the notion of instant coffee is so funny to me. <laughs> Also, the commoners use it. You the mean like commoners. pre-ground, right? The, the the fact that they keep referring to them as the commoners again gave me that stay gold pony boy outsiders vibe, like the socias <laughs> and, and the greasers. Because you forget when you see the, you know Haruhi with them all the time, you're like, oh no, they don't know anything. Like <laughs> <laughs> when they go to her house and they're like, wow, this has more doors than i was expecting okay yeah she's doing well no this is an apartment complex she 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 lives in one of these i've read about this everybody has to uh this this is a common seating technique for commoners because they don't have as much leg space like it's just, and they're all like huddled around tucking men <laughs> yeah like not actually tucking their knees under their legs in the correct style because absurd um yeah so um you know the, the idea of this high class like oh my goodness like you can't uh, be too outwardly uh, uh, bold with your emotions. And so, like, one of the ways this uh, shows itself and how it undercuts it is, um, oh, Haruhi's first kiss. Like, it has to be, you know, it has to be grand and bold and and, and romantic, and we have to protect her from all these men who would kiss her. Uh, and then, like, literally, like, she slips on a banana peel and kisses a woman. Right, yeah, and I <laughs> love the fact that even though it's her first kiss, Tamaki takes it way harder than she does. Because, she, again, she's well-adjusted, who isn't operating on these notions of, uh, you know, eternal love and romance like they are. And that's the thing. Like, she takes it as like, oh, you know, I kind of wanted, like, a storybook first kiss. But, the, you know, this is fine. Ha it's whatever. Yeah, and Tamaki's yeah, she, like, she, she doesn't care about it too much. My poor daughter. She's ruined forever. And, <laughs> and the way that her influence affects them is like, a few episodes later, like, Kyoya is selling photos of her kissing this woman to, like, raise more money. Yeah, that that that, that is, again, riding up against that same line as using the T-slur and calling him a boy Lolita. We're like, that's not okay behavior in any real society, but this yeah, isn't one, so I can kind of let it go. It's not, but, but what I mean is, like the level of importance that they assign to any particular thing just drops and drops until the finale where it's all up again. It's like everything's super important right now. Oh man, I can't wait. It's good. You're going to you're going to watch it and you're going to be like, "What the hell's going on here?" Uh, to, I I respect the notion that maybe I should watch the whole thing before doing this episode. I can't imagine it changes the show dramatically. No, I mean like it, it you understand what the show is on the first episode. Um, <laughs> yup. It man, the vase gag just makes it really clear. It 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 uh it becomes more nuanced as you watch. But like that thing I mentioned with like she slips on a banana peel. Ben, where'd that banana peel come from? <laughs> oh, just you know, prop closet B. 
Yeah, like banana peels show up. Sometimes they'll cut to like a more realistically drawn monkey and it'll just make a monkey sound and then there's a banana. Like, yeah, it's like the mushrooms thing again. Like where did those matter. come from? Yeah, don't because because story, because advanced supply. And that's you know, I've read enough manga to recognize that that is visual shorthand in the manga medium that isn't really utilized in a cartoon medium. Cartoons, generally speaking, have this causality that manga kind of don't, mm-hmm. it seems. Like, you can put banana peels or, like, uh, I'm, I'm also thinking of, like, the soul escaping a person's body when they either get knocked out or, you know, have the vapors and faint or something. Mm-hmm. And that visual shorthand is just understood in manga, whereas you kind of can't do it without saying something about it in a cartoon. Yeah, but so I guess we can talk a little bit more about the uh, animation. Sure. So, this looks really good. Yeah. They move great. They emote great. Um, They can switch to this pared-down version style for those comedic moments Mm. um, with, like, the stilted, like, arms and legs are one long thing. Um, Yeah, they just become noodle people. They're, like, like uncooked dough people. Yeah, yeah. Um, But they also get more dramatic, uh, more detailed for the dramatic scene. So, like, it's a very versatile style that they're all pretty cohesive. During the, um, during the haha rape scene, just kidding, it's not a rape scene with, uh, what's his face, Kyoya? Was that his name? Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they kind of do the same thing with that scene and, like, with the more dramatic scenes with, um, uh, the blonde one. Uh. You gotta learn their names. Do I? <laughs> I guess not. <laughs> I guess if you uh, just know their archetypes, that's. Tomaki. In a weird way, the point. Yeah, that is the point. Tamaki, um, you know, the, sometimes when he's feeling serious or something, they'll do this thing that is, I think, very common in shoujo manga from my limited uh, memory, which is like you don't actually show the eyes of the man. Like you, you show his hair kind of over his eyes and he speaks in this very serious, very mm-hmm. sultry voice. Um, that So they, they do inhabit those characteristics of a shoujo manga, I think, very well. Sure. I was actually, watching this made me think of a a webcomic that I read a while back because it is, I guess, a little bit more in tune with Japanese culture than most anime that I see as a Westerner. Um, Have you ever read Red String? No, I don't think so. Or The Red String of Fate? That, That deals a lot with, like, the propriety of the dating world as high school students kind of stuff. And it's like... You know, it, it's kind of a guilty, it was kind of a guilty pleasure for me for a while because it, it is kind of that uh, Kare Kano, um, you know, romance manga type mm-hmm. of thing. Sure. But it, I, I got a lot of strong reminiscence of this in its more serious moments from things like that. And I think yeah, the like, animation sells a lot of moments that kind of would only be seriously paced in a manga, but like they, they make it work. Yeah, I mean, we've talked mostly about the the comedy and the uh, you know uh, romance, so to speak. But uh, there there are dramatic moments in here. There are times where they like take it slow, take a deep breath, and say like, "Oh man, I gotta really gotta do some deep thinking." And then you know the en- the ending theme comes on. It it, it works. I, they they draw you in occasionally. One thing I really like about it is that when they're doing their fake romance with the with the customers at the host oh, club. Yeah. 
it's it's it's, uh, it's so bright and like pastel like there's all these flowery backgrounds like it's yeah exactly. you know what it is it's this it's the sparkle effect on the photo in the like hey this is how we take photos so that it's you don't steal air- it out of the frame <laughs> but it, because they're putting all those airbrush filters on those moments it gives this it, it gives it this veneer of uh facade like, yeah it's it so it, fake it's so fake that when you get actual romantic tension moments between Haruhi and Tamaki, like they aren't brushed to perfection. They aren't perfect shots. They are certainly not bright and colorful. Mm-hmm. And that the contrast really makes you feel the difference. And I, I think that's so cool, especially because you can draw infinite metaphors of gay guy trying to come to terms with his bisexuality. But, uh, you know, aside from that, it's also just a good visual metaphor. <laughs> yeah. Just saying. Um, speaking of flamboyancy, so they, they dress up in costumes a lot. <laughs> they get a lot of mileage out of these, like... <laughs> like these group uh, group costumes. <laughs> it's so funny watching Tamaki experience all of it, because, like... One of his main kinks with Haruhi is her dressing up as a normal girl. And yeah. he talks to normal girls dressed up as normal girls a yeah. lot. Like, I, like, where did this come from? <laughs> it's so funny. This emergent sexuality that he's never been able to engage with. Yeah, he's like, okay, this is close enough to what society expects that I can be more open about it but it's closer to what i really want <laughs> yeah whenever he has those imagined spots and it's all about Haruhi wearing like relatively normal girl garb like a like a one-piece bathing suit it's like holy shit <laughs> oh senpai what do you what do you think like we go into his brain often he can't enough. handle it <laughs> he becomes yeah. undone his steam's coming out his ears like <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like she's wearing like a dress of some sort like they're not hyper sexy dresses it's ridiculous it's so funny to me and like they're regularly dressing up in much more provocative out exotic garb like you know jungle prince <laughs> garb yeah. one day and you then get to like see the whole cast is samurai or fancy oh ladies or like they're all like they're all like man geishas. The it's whole so the whole crazy. last episode, they're dressed up as 18th century Frenchmen. So it's like the three. It's like the seven musketeers running around doing stuff. <laughs> they're they're so they're all always dressing up as these really like 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 hyper sexualized within the context of this show, uh, like man candy garb. Yeah, imagine if the the men the guys in the YM uh, what are the uh, the village people. Imagine Men at work, the, yeah. <laughs> no, imagine the different band. Imagine if the village people had like 80 people in it. I think YMCA was Men at Work. Through. YMCA was Men at Work, my friend. Uh, YMCA was the village people. No. Yes. Uh, how dare I purport to know anything about gay culture and miss something so fundamental? Men at Work did um, Down Under? You might be right. I oh, think I'm right. Shit. That's all right. <laughs> I gave him a smile and a Vegemite sandwich. Um, <laughs> and he said, oh. Oh, cool. Uh, outro music, neat. Um, <laughs> no, I got to uh, use the actual outro music. I really like the uh You can use it here music. if you want to start talking. Well, let's talk about the music in a second. Um, mm-hmm. Just to feed off what you were saying, I think that the idea that all the very sexualized costumes that all the men wear as part of their host club work, and then Tamaki has an exceedingly like vanilla kink of just like ooh 
girl wearing a school uniform, which is like not a sexy school uniform. You wouldn't wear it on <laughs> Halloween. You would wear, wear it on a normal day of school. And he just, his brain can't parse the mm-hmm. fact that a sexy thing is happening with a woman wearing a thing that isn't normally, I don't know. It's so He's funny He's attracted to, me. to the fantasy. He wants things that he can't have. He wants, <laughs> <laughs> you know. The degree to which like very heteronormal ideals just, just process through his brain as this is, this is the untouchable taboo. Like, this is what I cannot have. It, and it's, it's just like, so normal. It's so funny to me. It, it's like that thing where, like, if you have a really, like, big shirt and you can't see underwear, it's hotter than if you can. I don't know. Uh, yeah. No, no, no. Like, that, that, that's not... I think that's a reasonable... Yeah, the... That's not know. wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's leaving a lot to the imagination. The imagination, yeah. Where he lives. Well, it's just because, like girls in normal school uniforms are a thing that is fantasy to like it's it's a facade to right. him. it doesn't have any sexual content because he's been treating it like a job or as part of his gay identity and then suddenly it can be sexual and he's like i don't know what to do with that but it can, <laughs> but it can only brain be sexual overload. with this one person <laughs> well i i think that she's just you know like yes it is only it, it, within the context of the show it is restricted to her but i think that's just because she's the only person who really rises to the level of person in this show <laughs> i do think that this show is best seen as tamaki going through a identity crisis by having <laughs> feelings for a woman oh you really gotta watch the last couple episodes i can't wait should be wild. Um, yeah, so uh, they, they play dress up a lot. They It's it's very fun and very colorful. Uh, the sets look good as well. Like, this is very uh, rich person, but not, like, boring rich person. Well, it, it really sells, like, the impossible extravagance of Host Club because yes. <laughs> they constantly are remodeling the, what I'm assuming... This is, is a music room. This is music room three. Like, yeah. this is some empty space that they took over. It's, again, they're just repainting it constantly. They covered have bubblers. It's it's insane. <laughs> what they've done is an insane thing to do in animation, <laughs> which is just like the, the 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 complete departure from reality of the physical space. Like they don't they don't make the space mean the space that it is, and they they, they don't adhere to the narrative convention that they're in a high school at all there there is there let me explain to you just how wild this is there is a scene where um the host club is having a big event right and -hmm. everyone is there in the host club's place and then tamaki and someone else go into the actual music room where ostensibly the host club holds its activities so that he can play the piano Like, oh, where is this first location if that's where that is? Right, right. I do remember the piano because they had that oh, one episode. Oh, he plays so beautifully. That Yeah, that's that's what melts our tender muscle glasses' heart. Not his name. <laughs> I keep on using the name from uh, Epic Meal Time. <laughs> yeah, and it couldn't be less appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but I keep on just thinking about him as the one with the glasses. So the first <laughs> nickname that popped into my mind was one that I already had on the roster. Is Bookworm better or worse than glasses type? <laughs> <laughs> Muscles glasses is, is, I think, what what you actually mean. Um, so I guess that's a good time to talk about the music. <laughs> Yeah, go go ahead. Uh, you uh, wanted to talk about hear the that outro. piano thing. I want to talk about the intro and the outro and how they use the intro and outro in the show 
I might have like, to do a quick watch of the intro and outro because I honestly don't really remember. Uh, I'm I'm watching it on Netflix, and that very kindly skips over the outro music and starts the next episode within like three seconds. So yeah, so this, I just have to is, remind myself. Yeah, you can do that. I will just say we were upset. So like, it was on Netflix, and then they took it off like a month ago, and the weebs got mad, and <laughs> they brought it back, and. You know, it's like we we like for us. This is an intro and outro that like, yo, check it out every time. Like, it's great. All right, uh, I need to turn the yeah. I'll give you, I'll give you a minute. <laughs> I need to turn the music back on so that I can hear it through my uh, yeah. That's, I speakers. I don't mind hearing it by proxy. <laughs> I don't know if you can, but here we go. Let's see here. Funimation, you don't say. Oh, that's right. <laughs> I remember now. Oh, nice! And they're in the like the frame paintings. Oh, I have a lot to say about this intro. <laughs> All right, give me, give me. Whoa, Jesus! Yep, this is Studio Bones. All right, Jesus. <laughs> What's up with these puzzle pieces? I don't know what the puzzle piece imagery means. Hey, that, that's that's the first. It's the first I'm seeing of it. Oh, and that's <laughs> <it's>... <laughs> the glamour shots. Yep, this is good. This is good. This is good. I, I love how the glamour shots, um, Tamaki is both first and last in there. <laughs> yeah. He, like, he, he knew they were doing a music in. video. He insisted that he be in both. Uh-huh. Which fits very, very well. All right. I think, I, I think I've seen most of it. Okay. Go ahead and talk about the intro. I'm going to... I'm gonna. Yeah, so it's a classic. It's a bop. It's got the characters in their styles. Um, the it, it's super catchy, but also you know you see the characters in their element. Um, you know you get a little taste of them as if this was like a boy band music video, right? Like you can see, oh, he's the cool one. He's doing cool stuff. Like oh, he's the cute one. He's throwing his bunny up in the air. Like you get it. Um, and what I think is really impressive about this is you know a lot of times for anime intros you'll you'll break the budget, right? Because this is where, ev- this is where, you know, they're going to see it every single time they watch the show. But they actually, like, got the point across really effectively with surprisingly few frames. Like, it's a much more stilted movement. Uh, and, and um, you know, it's that pared-down art style for a lot of it. And they, like, do it super effectively. Um, the, the style is, uh, it just works on me. I think it also really does the best thing that an anime intro can do, which while being independently fun to listen to and fun to see, um, it just tells it. It's not at odds. We don't have a put your glasses on. Nothing will be wrong. Berserk intro here. We don't have the tell me why. Tell me why. That weird boppy stuff. We have something that fits the tone and presentation of the show (laughs) to a T. Like it's all bright and shiny. Like the, 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 the picture frame motif is carried down throughout, which I think is like a really good distillation of what this show is all about and breaking out of those frames being who you actually are inside, the the whole coming out metaphor I mentioned. <laughs> yes, of course. Uh, no, I'm, I'm being serious. I'm not just trying to hammer a no, point. No, I know. Like, uh, I know like, that. I don't know like if the going, audience knows that. Oh, yeah, I guess they do sound similar coming from me. But yeah, it's it, hard it's, to tell. It's a really bouncy, fun intro, and what you get in the show is bouncy, fun energy. And like yeah. you said, each of the characters kind of behaving in the same way. Like, I love that little head ruffle that mm-hmm. the strong silent type gives to uh, Hari. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's really cute and fun. Um, 
And they, you know, they, they use the tone of this uh, theme. They, they change it to fit whatever scene is happening. So you'll, you know, if they're entertaining guests, you'll hear the theme as a string quartet. Or, you know, they have dramatic versions. They have soft versions. It's, uh, it's very versatile. Yeah, yeah. I, I really like shows that use their intro theme kind of all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember what other shows we, we watched recently, but I'm sure that I... I I don't remember which shows it was from, but I always take note of it because I, I think that it's a really great stylistic choice. It kind of gives an it, it gives a nice audible through line to the entire medium. Mm-hmm. So that that's very good. Um, the, let me listen to this fucking ending sequence. Yeah. The, so I'll say the outro is um, you know a, a bit different. You know, a lot of uh, the episodes end on a more of a, like a heartwarming note or like a you know like. Uh, adolescence. Uh, I don't know. I don't know the best way to phrase it, but like it's it's a cooler. It's a more straight. Uh, uh, it's a more straightforward like teen boy band song kind of. All thing. right, let me let me hear this guy. Hmm. Oh yeah, this is very boy band. Yeah, I mean, and I mean the guitar, um, the guitar sting that hits is a really nice closer to the episodes. But the the song itself, like it's it's good. I enjoy it, uh, but it's just not as uh, captivating. Well, what I do like about it is that um, it is uh, like I like the fact that it is completely tonally different from the intro. It's a because, palate cleanser. Well, and it also fits the theme of uh, this. The intro is like this. These are this is who we pretend to be. Oh uh, yeah. And like at the ending, <laughs> this is who we actually are. We're a Something little more melancholy is, on the inside. It's a little melancholy. It's still fun. It's still upbeat. It's not as though Honey goes home and just broods into his live journal. But you know, <laughs> it's 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 a bit more complex than kiss kiss fall in love. <laughs> you know, it, which which it does. That's not a high bar. Bubblegum. Um, yeah, I, I think that's a good point. Um, and I do like, you know, it is still musically very interesting. They go into a it nice... It still has uh, glamour shots because there's some element of all these boys that is always going to be glamour shot. Yeah, glamour shots for days. You know, the sparkle sparkle. In the future, in the distant future where uh, Tamaki, Haruhi, and Muscle's Glasses all live in a house together, they, like, um, Tamaki is always fixing himself up in front of a full-length mirror on a bearskin rug. That's just, like, his morning meditation. And Haruhi <laughs> just goes and makes herself a sandwich because that's going to take, like, most of an hour. <laughs> yeah, she's not making them a sandwich. Hell no, you get off your patriarchy. <laughs> she's teaching them little by little. First it's instant coffee, now it's going to be slicing bread without also cutting open your fingers. Look, senpai, this knife, it's... Maybe it's too advanced for you. Look, sen- senpai... You're you're really just a dumb dickhead. At, <laughs> but you're at cute, heart. so shut up and play yeah, your piano. Yeah, shut, shut up and stay pretty. That's what <laughs> you're good for. Um, but yeah, I, I like I like both the intro and outro. I think that they might have been a little bit better managed by being a little bit more disparate. Like um, just the way they look, it is still glamour shot, but at least they lose the frame, which I think is in line with those themes I was talking about. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, having the piano pieces just every so often, like it's not every episode, but like when it does happen, it shows, oh, Tamaki is a person also. It's kind of that thing that Haruhi has to constantly kind of remind herself. It's like, oh, these are 
these are a bunch of entitled gits. This is a different they, society. <laughs> they are actually also people underneath. It's in that same way that like these are a bunch of people that I only have the soundbite version of. And when I talk to them, most of what I'm getting is that soundbite. But there's also something else there that I can connect with and not in the way that a lot of shows would do it which is like oh i can change him you know it's it's just she, like, doesn't, she doesn't care she's like oh there there's enough here that it's endearing and well, i'm she's just not trying to ignore the rest she's not trying to change them she's trying to can she she likes being with the host club mm-hmm. yeah. like and it's not because she thinks she can change them which it would be a very tired um you know caricature of of, of a woman in a relationship trope it's because, like, she sees the people they actually are, and she likes them well enough. She, yeah, she's willing to put up with the bullshit. Because for most of them, at least, you could take them outside of their high society backgrounds, and it's like they, they would die have a within a day. Fun day at the beach. They would die within a day if you took them outside of their ivory towers. They they would have a little bit of a rough time. Only muscles glasses would be able to do it, and he would be like he'd be like a, a bookie at a, like a dog fighting ring or something. Oh so man, when he's better. walking when he's walking through the mall and he, and he's like, huh, so this this cereal interesting that they use these flavors. Do do commoners like this kind of flavor? It's very very peculiar. I'll have to make a note of this for when we buy ten thousand cases later or something. Yeah, it's all or nothing with that guy. Oh, good, just good performances. Like, there's so many, like, little uh, evocative moments that I call to mind. And every time I rewatch it, I find a couple more. Yeah, it's it's a well-made show. Bones knows what they're doing. All these voice actors know what they're doing. The music's well integrated, and it, re- rec- and, it, and, it, and it touches on the themes that are very well told and, you know, showcased throughout the run of the show. Um, and it's also independent. Like, this is something that often goes by the wayside as we dive in depth onto why a show is good it's also just fun to watch like there is this that ineffable quality of do i enjoy it beyond reasons like do Mm -hmm. i enjoy it not for reasons that i can point to but just as a holistic experience and it's an overwhelming yes i (laughs) i do love this show i think that this is great yeah i'm i'm so glad you know I, i wasn't sure because there are those aspects of it where, you know, it's not necessarily the kind of genre that I would think that you'd like. And it's, um, you know, the parody aspects of it have uh, parts that I think, like, wouldn't normally hit you. But I think they, the combination first. and the subtext kind of kind of works its way in. It didn't work for me at first with, the, like, the whole vase gag before I realized what they were doing with that meta joke. It, it was like, I'm rolling my eyes like, oh, geez, are they going to be relying on this joke the entire time um <laughs> but i tell you once once we got tamaki having feelings that he doesn't understand about haruhi everything just kind of worked for me yeah once once we get to baseline altitude there's no more uh, there's no more turbulence here yeah that that really carries a lot of the show for me to be honest <laughs> and like i'll be you know maybe love is a strong word i like this show a lot i i've been watching it kind of on in the background because it's not super complex <laughs> um but i think that i wouldn't i think the the times at which i just watched it straight up and you know was paying attention to everything i found that i enjoyed everything that it was giving me so yeah thumbs yeah. up fine recommendation thank you stevie yeah thank you so much this uh this was a lot of fun to to watch and to and i about. don't know that i would have had the gumption to recommend this you know <laughs> 
well, <laughs> out of nothing. <laughs> you you already have you're on two strikes as well. Well, I mean, you know, I appreciate it when you bring uh, <laughs> anime to my attention that I wouldn't have otherwise checked out because of the the facade of it is something that I'm not really into. Like Fruits Basket, I hated and I thought I would hate it, but Spice and Wolf gave me something that I wasn't anticipating when the first episode gives me a naked fox girl. Like generally mm-hmm. the, the secret to my heart is don't pander to me. Right. Right. And this is complex enough that it's not, it is, mm-hmm. you know, showcasing a lot of pandering material, but it's all to a point. They're all, they're, they're making a point with all of it, which is that these people are extremely vapid personalities and it's only by being broken out of their extremely limited worldview that they can actually grow and actually showcase that they're decent people. And it's, you know, it's that universal kind of message uh, and that Shakespearean quality where it's like a lot of different kinds of people could enjoy this. And I can tell while I'm enjoying it, like somebody else might be enjoying this for completely different reasons. And I can I can see it and I recognize that as valid. Kiss, kiss, fall in love. Kiss, kiss, fall in love. Yeah, it's, it's so bo- it's so bouncy. It's really good. Um, yeah. yeah, that's Oran High Host Club. It apparently is. I'm interested to watch through the rest of it. Maybe we'll have to do like a rejoinder, like 20 <laughs> minute special feature once I've finished it out and we can kind of talk about it again. And I can give my diss track to whatever Chrissy's uh, reaction to all my commentary <laughs> is. I, I heard some uh, I heard some uh, some some emotions happening in the background there when I was talking about the. uh the 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 very clear incestuous uh, Jamie Lannister and Cersei combo. Listen, uh, in I show. I don't so have to deal I'm, with it anymore. I just have to. I just have to <laughs> put the not, podcast on and leave the room for a couple you're hours. Haru, and... You're Haruhi flexing on me. You're like, hey, listen, not my problem. It's five o'clock. I'm clocking out. <laughs> listen, it sounds like there's a lot of propriety nonsense, and I don't <laughs> it have sounds, the. Sounds like you just need to step down from your ivory towers. Is this some sort of rich person joke? I'm too poor to understand. <laughs> it is a rich person thing. Um, <laughs> Yeah, uh, Zane, ask me what uh, we're doing next time. No, you do that to me. Nuh-uh. Yeah. No. Uh-huh. Are you sure? Because I don't think you are. Well, Ben, next time, uh, it is that time of year again for the Cartoni Awards. Believe uh, it or not. Ah, you are right. I, I wasn't normally it. right, but I decided, like, let's, let's, uh, there's, there's some continental drift on the timeline of this podcast. I forgot how time worked again. You know, it, it, we haven't had as many mainline episodes this year for a variety of reasons, but, um, you know... Uh, I was sad for most of it, is the the main reason. <laughs> I think this is a good place to, to end the year and uh, and have the Cartoni Awards, which I'm very excited for. Yeah, that'll be awesome. Um, yes. So if you are interested in writing oh, into yeah. the Cartoni Awards, I would love to hear your suggestions for categories. Uh, for those who don't know, once again, the Cartoni Awards are a circle jerk for me and Zane to talk about how great we were in the past year. Uh, and we <laughs> come up with these categories such as what was the best intro up to an episode or, you know, uh, who had the biggest uh, weapon that was clearly a, sim- a phallic symbol. Uh, yeah. You know, just like uh, random things that we can or, rank. Or how repressed were the gay characters? <laughs> All. 100%. 110%, percent sir. Uh, senpai but uh, yeah if you we basically just pick categories that we can rank the shows that we watched in the last year on uh, i think we'll probably do a scaled down version of it because we didn't watch as many shows this past year but if you are interested in suggesting a category for us to pick apart 
you can go to fancybat.com slash cartoncast to our contact page there and drop us a line. You can also go to our Facebook page and leave a comment. Uh, and as always, if you would like to go and uh, review uh, five star, yeah. Riddle me can, this. <laughs> uh, you can riddle me this at Apple Podcasts and give us a rating or review so that more people can listen to my feelings on uh, everything <laughs> and how strongly I feel it. Um, deep, deep, inside, deep inside my heart. Yeah. Deep inside my heart. I know kiss, this love kiss, will fall bloom. in love. Um, yeah. And uh, more than anything else, please tell your friends about the show. And uh, yeah. And Ben, what about after that? What are we watching? After the Cartoni Awards, uh, we will be watching our first episode in the new year, which uh-huh. is Mike Tyson Mysteries. Yeah, that's fine. I think. Could you imagine going straight from this into that without a little, without I, a little breather? I think I'll enjoy. I'll enjoy the palate cleanser. This will be the pickled ginger that gets us through to the other side, door style. So please, uh, let us know what you want to see in the Cartoni Awards, and we'll see you there. Mm-hmm. Uh, dress is optional. Yeah, do you mean that wearing a dress is optional or like clothes are not necessary? Wearing a dress is optional only if you're a girl. <laughs> right, it's right. It's mandatory for guys to do that. You can only wear a dress if it's a sex thing. Otherwise, I love there was that one episode of um where the rival host club, the girl host club came oh, in. Oh, Belia, yeah. Yeah, and I assume that they're recurring because they had that rival energy to uh, them. they show up exactly twice. That's fine. That's plenty of times to show and, oh that that's an episode where they're like and now harley i will steal your first kiss and they're like no well she already well, never mind it's not important. <laughs> <laughs> it's too hard to explain i love how um how tamaki's uh plan to get the girl that he loves back to the host club is for all of them to dress up as ladies so that she can also have sisters wait i mean girlfriends wait yeah. i mean boyfriends oh like he, Haruhi, this is what i like so this was what you want. no idea what to do there like there's He's too panicking. many there's too many notions of gender and sexuality fluctuating in his head and he just pushes them all together and hopes for the best and, and everyone else in the host club is like yeah all right and this I guy's our boss none of them bat an eye because they're so used to dressing up for you they know women. do anything for him that the, that the notion of dressing up for yet another woman is just doesn't phase anyone. It doesn't. Oh man, it's it's very and good. and and they all dress up as women except for Maury because they're just like oh that would be too hard. It, it, Brother Maury, it's fine. You, know, it's, <laughs> you get what so we're good. doing. That's so funny. <laughs> I love that they just like half-ass it whenever they feel like it. Yeah, mm. this show is is just it's very smart on the harem curve. Yeah. I don't know how smart it is in the general show curve, and thankfully no one's going to ask. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of hard to even like place this in a category that other things exist in. It's almost transcendent. It's not quite. It's just, it's in the realm of very good parody. I wouldn't call it a transcendent anime. Yeah. I, I'm, of all the shows that I rewatch regularly, I'm glad that this one is like consistently good of a manageable size and like has new things each time. Yeah, like Gravity Falls almost. Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do we end this? Do we make out? Do we, like, what do we do? Well, the way, Ben, I don't know if you knew about this. The proper way to end a show yeah. is you need to bring a horse carriage onto mm-hmm. the freeway. All right, I'm following you. Uh, and then you need to jump off a bridge. 
This this all too complicated. Why don't I just pour in some instant end of a show and we'll just make a cup that way? Is that like where the show is pre-ground or? I, I've got a lot to teach you, my friend. Ooh, I'm I'm horny to learn. <laughs> Those with excellent social standing and those from filthy rich families are lucky enough to spend their time here at the elite private school, Oran Academy. The Oran Host Club is where the school's handsomest boys, with too much time on their hands, entertain young ladies who also have way too much time on their hands. My idea is um, that you're Haruhi and I'm uh, welcoming you to the Oran High Toast Club. What, what does that mean? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, where the school's hungriest boys with too much jam on their hands entertain young ladies who also have too much jam on their hands. <laughs> it is a pretty s- sweet intro. Um, <laughs> I don't know if I could read it without laughing, though. Yeah, that, that, that's the trick. Uh, we but, could... uh, the, the, the main joke of it is so that I can say something about honey senpai. <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm picking up on that, yeah. And Haruhi is the Vegemite of the host club. Yeah, a little bit. In this uh, in this allegory. I said to speak of my language. He just smiled and gave me a Vegemite sandwich. And he said, 